Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Pope Francis made headlines this week when he gave his approval for priests to bless same-sex couples. As the first pope from Latin America, Pope Francis has represented the promise of inclusion for a decade now, most notably for his efforts to make the church less elite and authoritarian and more accessible to the poor and marginalized. The document issued yesterday notes that the blessing was a, quote, real development that nevertheless does not change, quote, the traditional doctrine of the church about marriage. So what effect might this guidance have and what does it mean for LGBTQ Catholics here in Chicago? To better understand, we spoke with Mary Donnelly, board president for Dignity Chicago. That's a local chapter of a national ministry advocating for respect and inclusion for LGBTQ Catholics. And Chris Pett, a Chicagoan who formerly served as the national president of Dignity. And Steve Millies, associate professor of public theology and director of the Bernadine Center at the Catholic Theological Union. Steve started us off by telling us his reaction to the news. Here's Steve. Overall, I would say I think it's been a wonderful Christmas present. Uh, It gives us an opportunity to um, talk about things in the church that need to be talked about, and more importantly, an opportunity while we're talking about them to put our better foot forward, to be welcoming, to be pastoral, uh, to reach out to people who who desire a blessing. That's what the church is here for. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I think I go a little deeper uh, from that, but thank you, Steve. it's, it's a, we see it as a very positive shift in our approach to pastoral care, which I think is the right context. And especially to people who have felt pretty marginalized, you know, notably LGBTQI mm-hmm. Catholics, but also remarried and divorced, you know, divorced and remarried Catholics as well. So it, in a sense, it validates a meaningful expression of pastoral care, which is, which is needed and, and wanted. And it's tremendous shift from a 2021 statement that was made by the Vatican in the same context in which the phrase was used or the statement was made, God cannot bless sin. So that's a pretty Mm. big shift. Yeah. Mary, what's on your mind? I I agree. I think that it is a step forward in our work, uh, in Dignity's work over the past 50 years. We've seen steps, but those steps have been primarily from people in the pews, our families, other allied organizations. So this is a shift um, from the church, as the other two have spoken so well. Yeah. What's the response been like globally, Steve? Globally, uh, I haven't seen all that much globally, actually. Nationally, of course, you know, there's been the usual divided opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just reading an article before I came in uh, that uh, accused Pope Francis of uh, acting in an almost imperial way, uh, overthrowing the uh, theology of the Second Vatican Council to assert something merely by papal fiat. But that comes from people who disagree and and from people who were perhaps always going to disagree about this. What what is one thing I think we can be sure about with this development is that it is going to fall along the usual dividing line in the church here in the United States. Uh, there are also these divisions globally, particularly about accepting LGBTQ people in the church. Right. Uh, it, it's not a uniform thing. The U.S. Conference of Bishops uh, released a statement that was emphasizing the difference between a liturgical blessing 
and a pastoral blessing. So we're clear, what's the difference? Well, the document uh, spends a little time on that. It uh, did. Because it wants to draw a distinction between what happens in the context of, uh, of a sacrament, uh, what happens uh, inside a church, what happens particularly in marriage. The document is, is and, and Pope Francis, uh, is distinguishing marriage, matrimony, uh, from this opportunity for a blessing here. But by talking about pastoral blessings, he's talking about that, that normal way in which we bless pets uh, at the... Uh, Feast of St. Francis, uh, or the way in which, you know, a child might walk up to a priest or to a minister and ask for a rosary or a Bible to be blessed. This is just part of Catholic life. Uh, and, and these things arise spontaneously. It's, it's in that context that he's saying uh, people who desire blessings should be free, feel free to come to the church for those blessings. They're just different from what happens in, in a liturgical environment in the sacrament. What do you think of Pope Francis's approach, Chris? Well, Again, I think the broader context is something that he has set that he began to articulate very early in his papacy, which is how can we become, the Catholic Church, become a more inclusive and welcoming church? Mm -hmm. And so this is a continuation of that, and this seems to be the latest expression of his intent to continue to raise that question and move the church forward. And Stephen, in the discussion a moment ago about, you know, the the sort of the distinction between a blessing and the, the sacrament of marriage... Uh, according to this guidance, these blessings, they should not be performed in association with civil union ceremonies or with any clothing, gestures, or words associated with a wedding. So make it clear for us, what does giving blessing to an irregular union mean in practice? And I'm using air quotes around the word irregular. Right. Well, it's the word that's used in the document, and it's the word that the church uses to talk about about these kinds of situations. And I think Chris was right to also mention we we, we don't want to overlook divorced and remarried persons who are in this situation. Right. Uh, Francis is walking a fine line here, and, and I think what he's doing is he's trying to sidestep these doctrinal questions that are so divisive about what the church teaches about marriage and sexuality. He's trying to turn us, as, as Chris said, uh, into a more pastoral direction. People desire to be close to the church, whether you're, whether you're in a regular or an irregular, scare quotes uh, mm-hmm. uh, being used. Whether, no matter what situation you're in, if you desire to be close to the church, if you want your, your life and your relationship to be closer to God, the church wants to be there for you. I think that's the message that Francis is trying to send while trying to sidestep these thornier questions. Yeah. What does this announcement mean for you and your wife Mary, I uh, again, I I I'm very happy that the steps are being taken. I think just to kind of um, piggyback on what the other two have said, Francis has reached out more than any other pope, um, and in the recent synod, um, he's reached out by a welcoming. He's sitting down with us, listening to us. Um, seeing what issues we have and bring to the table. And for the first time at the recent synod, our Dignity USA executive uh, was invited to an audience with the Pope. So mm-hmm. all of those things I, are, are real markers. And for me, I think that in some families, this will perhaps open discussion and maybe ease some tensions that um, perhaps you know family members who were not able to be blessed in the church by some family members may have felt some tension and some struggle. How do I love my family member and how do I stay to the church's teaching? And this may help to bridge that gap a a little bit. For myself and my wife, we have already um, had our 
our marriage blessed. We we okay. have you know um, you know through dignity in that. So it will have not so much an effect on us personally, but I think that it, will, it can have far-reaching, long-term effects. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other couples might want to have their marriages blessed, of course, from from this yes. point forward. You have some thoughts, Chris? Yes, you know, we're all building off one another here. Uh, I think the challenge is from the big picture perspective, as Steve was saying, people want to be connected to the church. They want to feel that God and faith are part of their lives and part of their relationships, and this takes this forward. But the challenge is, you know, that's the big picture view. And what I would call the boots on the ground view that Mary certainly represents is when I look at the language that surrounds this whole a document and quote pastoral care or pastoral ministry, it starts raising some real discomfort and some questions again. So I feel like I can get my relationship less, but I'm still in an irregular, unrecognized relationship in which I find God and I find love. Yeah. See, to me, it becomes pastoral care by disclaimer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more disclaimers, you know language within the document about what this isn't versus what it is in that more pastoral sense. And you, you've got me thinking a bit more here, Chris. Mary, if, if I may get clarification, I mean, how were you able to get your marriage blessed prior to this this guidance? Well, Dignity um, Chicago has been um, providing the sacraments for many, many years in that. And um, as far as, you know, a blessing within that dignity, our dignity family was the one that, you know, we turned to. Yeah. Steve, is this something to be celebrated or do you think it further enshrines the inferiority of same-sex partnerships? Boy, uh, I, I, I don't know. I sure hope it doesn't uh, enshrine that peripherality, that marginalization. I when I, when I look at this, I look at it as... The church saying, we know our LGBT brothers and sisters are here in the building with us. They're here in the pews with us. Um, and and we, want, we want to let them know that we know they're here and we want to welcome them. I, I, I agree that, it, uh, that that's a great line, uh, pastoral care by disclaimer. I think it's a wonderful line and I think, it's, I think, it, I think it, it, it needs to be said. I also think what's going to be interesting about this is, is how it works out in the implementation. Uh, because it's going to work out couple to priest. Uh, couples are going to find priests who want to do this. Priests who want to do this are going to find couples who are seeking it. Uh, and I'm hoping that this can be an opportunity for for really wonderful things, yeah. for for celebration, for as as Mary was saying, for people recognizing one another uh, as uh, family members, both uh, uh, in the ordinary sense and as uh, members of a family of faith. Uh, that this can be an opportunity for moments of joy that give us things we all can celebrate mm-hmm. uh, and and come closer to one another. Chris, what would you say to people who are upset by this announcement? Uh, you know, I would obviously you want to understand what's the source of that, the discomfort, or you know, is it at what level are they feeling that? Is mm-hmm. this more from a well, the church, you know, I need the church to be this kind of place where it's black and white, or am I somebody that is just hurting, or confused, or feeling like I'm not sure if this is something that I'm interested in? So I think you have to take them for where they are. Again, this is a pastoral care opportunity, Yeah. whatever is entailed in that. And it can be expressed in this particular way or in a way, as Steve was saying, it's drawing people closer, hopefully, to the church to be in dialogue or have major, maybe felt marginalized or family members 
you know, of, of a same-sex couple mm-hmm. uh, or uh, divorced, remarried, who are really looking for uh, a way to feel reconciled to them and to what the church really can and does offer in a very positive way. To that point, Mary, Dignity Chicago has been around for 51 years, quite the legacy there. Uh, talk about the struggle for respect and inclusion you know, in all that time, right? Because uh, there was a time when Dignity was advocating simply for the ability to receive pastoral care. Yes, I I think over the the fifty one years we've seen all kinds of all kinds of efforts towards advocacy. One of the things that we've seen over those years are, as I mentioned earlier, people in the pews and other allies um, that have joined us and embraced us have reached out to us. But our our biggest advocacy, you know, we you know have education and spirituality. Our biggest advocacy, I think, has been listening to people who needed a space to be listened to, creating a safe space where people didn't have that space before. And while there are other safe spaces now, um, gladly, you know, and um, that we still are that voice that people turn to when they need support, when they need education. And the other two have mentioned, um, Chris and Steve have mentioned, you know, this is an opportunity for um, ongoing really discussion. And I think Francis is is proving to be the model for that. Mm-hmm. He, in his invitations and in his sitting down and willingness to listen. So I would hope that uh, people would read the full document because as Chris said, there still is you know a lot of stigmatizing um, mm-hmm. language in there, but read the full document, but reach out to LGBTQIA family and friends reach out to other allies, reach out to organizations like Dignity Chicago who can listen and educate and support. Yeah, just a few seconds left here, Steve. I mean, what do you think it's going to take for the sacrament of marriage to fully be extended to same-sex people? That's a big question. Um, It's going to take time. If anything, it's going to take a lot of time. Uh, It is a 2,000-year-old organization uh, with a billion members around the whole globe. The good news is is that the church is never only all one thing. The bad news is that the church is never only all one thing. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Steve Millies is an associate professor of public theology at the Catholic Theological Union. Mary Donnelly is board president at Dignity Chicago. And Chris Pett formerly served as Dignity's national president. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Landon Jones and was edited by Dan Tucker and Brenda Ruiz. We bring you the latest news happening around the city to keep you in the loop every day. If you enjoy our conversations, we'll consider giving us a like and subscribe to the pod. That's it for the Reset pod for now. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we will talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.